Material for the Brain Conversations for Thinking Bodies Hello and welcome to another episode of Material for the Brain podcast. My guest for today is Eva Maria Kraft, a contemporary dancer, dance teacher, and a choreographer for humans and robots. She is also the founder of the dance studio Raum für Tanz in Vienna and teaches internationally for beginners and professional dancers. Her artistic projects move at the interface of different art fields and sciences, explores bodies and artificial bodies, and are based on the real-time composition of movement. She is also a member of the transdisciplinary research group HAUS, where she deals with artificial intelligence and choreographs and performs with humanoid robots. My recent encounter with Eva was in June 2021. She invited me to join a research session of her group house, in which I was interacting and improvising with a humanoid robot. This experience opened many fundamental questions about human behavior, technology, ethics, and more. And since then, I wanted to invite Eva to this space and to have the chance to further explore the themes that this project is opening up. I find it very important to have such conversations also on a more broader context, and I hope that it will inspire you to become more interested in shaping future conversations around the interaction between humans and machines. So here she is, Eva Maria Kraft. Hello, Eva. How are you? Hi, Matan. I'm fine. Thank you. Welcome <laughs> to my... I'm, I'm very good. I'm excited to have you here. Welcome to my podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's been... Uh, I think last time I saw you was in the Technische Universität, no? Like when we had this uh, session together. Mm -hmm. It's been quite some time. Maybe you could update me a bit. Like, how are you? What are you busy doing now in Vienna? Or if you're in Vienna? Yeah, I'm in Vienna right now since, yeah, most of the time since this uh, pandemic time. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm quite good. So I'm, I'm, I have a very special year this year because I, I got a, a nice uh, funding of, of Vienna and can do really, really focus on my research. So I had a, a somehow a, a shift also in my life, uh, with this new year, but it's very, uh, relaxing, but also, uh, Yeah, very exciting as well, because I can really focus first time super relaxed on my research and don't have to produce uh, a lot. So I can do really uh, work. I, what I will work on is uh, um, artificial bodies is my topic for this whole year. And I'm just jumping in it. Yeah. And yeah, this is what what uh, what I'm in, I would say for for three, four years already. And now I can really work it out. Um, Who gave you the budget? It's the, the uh, city of Vienna, the, the, the Emma Sieben. Mm -hmm. ah, okay, so they are the, coming from the, the art uh, direction, the funding. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's the, the stipendium, this one year stipendium, they, they ah, had wow. the scholarship uh, was written uh, out and I got one and it's really wow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
that sounds like a big relief to have time for research no yes yeah it's really it's it's like and especially in those times as well so be very i have a plan for the whole year and can just work and research it's really <laughs> yeah i love yeah. it but yeah. it's really a shift also in my life because i was teaching a lot and and now i stop it a little bit or or reduce it a lot so yeah yeah you have also your own studio no in vienna mm-hmm. right around raum für tanz it's yeah. my my place in neuwagast and um there i teach normally or or meet other personal rehearse um, and now i can use it for my own daily work not working <laughs> in the evening always <laughs> it's This yeah, is great. Yeah. Cool. That's very nice. And uh, I, I, what I wanted to, you know, I invited you mainly because of the connection that we had to, uh, through your project uh, that uh, I got introduced to the working with the uh, AI, uh, AI robots. Is it okay to call it, call it like that? Am I saying it yeah, right? Yeah, or with the humanoid robot. It's more, yeah. there was no AI at that time uh, mm. uh, developed, but like the robot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, before we, we, we jump into that, uh, I wanted just to give you a bit of time to introduce yourself so that our audience could, be a, could, could know a little bit more who you are, what's your background, what brought you to become a dancer who is dancing with <laughs> human-aid robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm a contemporary dancer and choreographer and also teacher and... Um... Yeah, I, I had this typical dancer's life. So I started with two and a half years with dancing. I wanted to dance. Nobody knew why this child wants to dance. And I, I pushed my parents really, let me go. And I'm from the countryside, so not from, from a city. So I'm, I was born in Salzburg on the countryside. And it was not so easy to find a, a place where I could dance, but I made it and never stopped till then. And um, came to Vienna when I was 18 um, and then did my studies at MOOC, uh, the Tanzpädagogik, so the teaching uh, version. And then I immediately started dancing afterwards and also teaching. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I did besides of the dance, I did this, uh, I'm working a lot with nutrition for dancers and also craniosacral therapy. So yeah, this is I actually have, when we met, I think, for the first time. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, 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 because you were you were you gave a nutrition workshop where I studied in in Seed. In, I remember in that. Seed. Wow. I still remember our conversation. You were the one who is supporting me to eat more proteins. <laughs> 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 yeah we met there for the first wow it's so long yeah. ago yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah. i remember that very clearly <laughs> yeah cool yeah yeah and this is what i still do till till today so I'm, i'm working a lot at the moment with with young dancers about nutrition and i really love that it's it's somehow different but it's also like scientific in a way mm. this is what i like with it and and have this touch to people about this topping it's very yeah topic. Mm. i really like it yeah Um, yeah, but uh, the main uh, thing was always the dance. So, so it's still that way. And, um, and then I'm, my, my interest for uh, artificial intelligence and, and robots uh, is quite old. So my, uh, my brother, he is uh, a manager, so very different to me. And he once had a project where he uh, programmed uh, football player robots. 
So they, it was really long. It was like beginning of 2000 where this was pretty new. And he started to program those little machines who could play football and push a ball and was like mm. football games and, and, and championships in, in Italy where he, he went to. And I was always like, wow, he can do that. And I was always fascinated somehow by that. Just interested and, and went always to like the Ars Electronica festival in Linz because I, I like those machines and this combination with art. And, uh, then I, I found, uh, artificial intelligence and was really, uh, touched by it. And then there was in 2017 was a workshop at Impulse Dance about AI and dance, um, which was held by, uh, Robert Trappel who is this uh, very, uh, uh, he's, he's a scientist um, about artificial intelligence, but he loves to dance. So the other way around, and he gave a workshop for dancers there, uh, but there were mainly scientists. So there were just two dancers, me and another guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird because we did not dance at all or, or okay. tried it on the first day, but we <laughs> we let it go. And it was, and there I met those, this group, uh, with the robot, which I'm collaborating since then. Um, and they were searching for a, an artist in their project. Um, because they were mainly like robot scientists or architects and philosophers. So a very nice group of people, a transdisciplinary group. Um, but they were looking for, for artists that uh, time and there we met <laughs> so the mm. coincidence and um, then we decided to meet and I uh, went to the university to the technical university and and could meet um, the robot there for the first time and I was like wow okay <laughs> uh, and then we started to research and did really like one year nearly one year just talking uh, finding out how the scientists think, what they are interested in, what I'm interested in with this robot, uh, what can we do, what can we not do. And yeah, really got a deep research for nearly one year. And then it was popping up that we got so many invitations to show um, like pieces or uh, lectures and from the scientific side, but also from the art side. And it was like, okay, oh shit, we need no pieces. <laughs> we mm. have to do pieces or formats that we can present. And um, we were really pushed in that. And it was a super good time, which was now like around three years where we developed like 18 different formats and uh, really from lectures to lecture performances to pure performances. And yeah, still we are here. And this is, for me, it got my main project in my life in the last year. Um, and um, yeah, it still attracts me, this this um, machine design, programming, this other world, but combined with my world. It's, it's mm. yeah. How many, so how many years you've been collaborating already together, the group? Um, since 2017 or 18, so. we started, okay. yeah, so four. Yeah, four and the years. name is House, no? I, house, I it. yeah. House, yeah. It's a synonym for um, uh, humanoids in architecture and urban spaces. Cool. So, or an acronym, not a synonym, acronym. Uh, and just kind of a, a, a question, just a little bit about your, your background, what you're doing. I'm just curious before we dive into the main topic that we are here, like, 
what is your relationship like your internal relationship between the artist and the teacher and the nutritionist it's like is there any like direction that you really identify more or that is pulling you more or do you you said that like the nutrition was always interesting but a little bit less but as but the teaching aspect for you was is it something like from the identity that is important for you yeah totally important this is where i i I, I developed this now for for twenty years my my kind of teaching and i what I love uh in teaching is this being together with one topic and this one is related to dance and it doesn't matter then if it's uh nutrition or if it's like uh contemporary ballet what I'm teaching a lot or if it's improvisation what I teach so it's always this uh being into the topic uh, of dance at the same time, at the same place. And everybody really focused on that. And we do it together and then we go away. Mm. And this is so fascinating for me that we can meet, it, meet each other around one topic and then we spread again. And that's, uh, this is teaching for me, this, this coming together and uh, going into it and then let it go and come again so mm. yeah. yeah i mean what what i find like quite quite particular just observing what you've built is that like first it, it's not very common for dancers to become entrepreneurs and studio owners it's like it's a big step which uh which already indicates a certain level of willingly willingness to take risks and to commit which i find it like pretty rare No, it's like how many people you know in Vienna that opened their own dance studio you know it's quite rare yeah i I was always um I did all those things very intuitively because what why i I wanted to have my own space was um because I'm teaching uh, just adults and I need to teach in the evening, so I had always to find good places where I can have many evenings because I was teaching up to three evenings a week. And then I found out, okay, I cannot find one place. It's so hard to find a good place and a place where I get my three evenings that I want. And then I decide, okay, I have to do it on my own. Um, and this is why I, I got um, places or, or, or found places uh, where I can do that. And sometimes I, I think like you do now, and I'm wondering, okay, I was so cute. Um, it's so a big step and I did it 10 years ago already before I was 30 and I thought okay mm. wow but for me it was so normal or necessary at that time that I didn't think about it what this means and I really grew into that because okay then I had a place okay then I had to organize it and I'm quite good in organizing and this I also like that and then mm. I, I thought okay this is a, um, a thing that is not hard for me But I can have my really own place uh, created like I, I need it and have those evenings that I want mm. or these times that I want. And this was, it's so normal somehow for mm. me, those things, yeah, it develops by itself. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe the reason why I find it uh, interesting because it demands to some degree a very different type of personality than the typical personality. needs for an artist personality because as a, as an org as a, as a studio owner as you said like you have to be extremely organized i can just imagine like now i'm organizing a few continuous program and i see the amount of administration work and yeah and the 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 demand for like efficiency in organization and i can just imagine that to own your own studio is pretty complicated 
And then in order to be an artist, on the other hand, you need to have like, like orderliness is not what you need when you want to create art because you need to have, you know, like creativity and creativity emerges out of chaos. So, so it's really interesting that you can hold both of these hats simultaneously. Yeah. I'm, I'm also f uh, sometimes wondering about, because they, um, if you, or people sometimes ask me if, does, if it doesn't block each other. Like you said, it's like when you go into a, a in a, in a process uh, for arts, arts, you need uh, this creativity and let go all these structures. But I, I always think I do it um, because I'm so structured, I can really get rid of it. Because I can really do like that and then I'm completely off. But mm. I know, but I'm, I feel secure because I have my structures. I have my place. I know what is happening there. I, I'm not stressed. Yeah. Um, and this is also because, you know, I, I teach ballet and I teach improvisation. So for me in dance, this is really the, the other side of the, of the range. Mm. And I need this for my body to be stable and clear the ballet thing. This is really like my structure. And then I can go into the other at the other end. And I think mm. this is what I'm doing as well with this uh, organizing stuff. And then I can relax when this is fine and go and be very open. I mm. think I, this is at the moment my, my thought about it, how I do it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, it's pretty, I'm pretty inspired. You know, I'm, I'm, I was also before Corona came, I was thinking about maybe I should start searching for a place of my own and then Corona started. So I was of course backing off. But yeah, now it becomes also more necessary. So yeah, mm -hmm. maybe I'll catch up with you for a conversation about that in another situation. <laughs> anytime, anytime, please. Yeah, really do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to, uh, to start diving into the topic of what you're doing with uh, your collective house. And I thought just to start with like a, maybe a basic question, but like, like w why this multidisciplinary approach and like, what are you... Uh, why to mix art with science? It's a big question, but like not to give any universal answer, but what is there for you? And maybe you can also tell us who, which individuals are in the collective and what are their roles so that we can know a little bit like from which, discipl which disciplines are co-creating this uh, project that we will talk about. So, mm. Yeah, I found out at one point that um, scientists are very close to artists. So the way of thinking is totally different, but somehow the same because they are extremely creative in my uh, view. So, but but we cannot understand it in uh, when we when we meet them first or when we meet each other first. I would say because it's the same for them uh, when when we talk about some topics. Um, uh, <sighs> And I like this way of thinking because it's somehow so familiar to me, but it's also so strange. And at that point, I sometimes get very inspired because it's so different. And um, I, I do not get anything. I, I, I sit there and, and, and I think, what are you talking about? And then I give, and, and I, at the beginning, I was always like, when I, I just had the experience with working with other dancers or choreographers, and then it's, we find a, a, a common language very easily, normally. And uh, yeah, sometimes not, but yeah, normally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> normally it works in the, in the, in the overall in the, arch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But with scientists, it was like, okay, I tried to explain them from my point of view and they didn't get me. And I thought, okay, how we, can we ever solve that thing? And somehow it worked, but it took a lot of time or still it takes a lot of time because um, the point when we really understand each other, it takes really long sometimes. So it's, but this is so fascinating for me. I'm always like, a, a, I'm a slope person with uh, those processes. I also love this uh, durational Im improvisation. I could improvise for hours. Yeah, I love this. This is really like, so I can talk to people for hours and it's okay if it's not on the point immediately. It doesn't mm. matter. I, I don't care. Yeah. And there I get inspired from this process, I would say. Could you maybe uh, elaborate a little bit more? Because for me, like, because I don't have the experience, it's, uh, I, I can imagine it, but I would be really curious to understand a bit more. Like, what do you see? What are the f similar things that you see between somebody who is working as a scientist, who is trying to, I don't know, to, to find some empirical uh, uh, evidence for something that would connect to their hypothesis or whatever, and, and, and an artist who comes with a certain artistic aspiration to reflect on some cultural phenomena. So what, what is the similar thing that you say like, yeah, we, it's so much the same. And then what are the things that really makes it goes apart? Why is it so difficult to communicate? Is it about the fact that they use very different terminology or it's because they have different knowledge that you, are, that you don't have or like what creates this disability to, to understand one another? Um, I would say that the very common thing is the creativity because they they uh, focus on, on on proved things, yeah. So they want to prove everything, and and really um, uh, scientists really want to have a, a, a clear structure, and it is very determined how it has to be. But if they find something that they want to research on, they are super creative in their ways how they how to get there. Yeah, but when they are close to it, then it gets very structured. And this is where I always as an artist have to go away because mm. then it's like, okay, I don't have to prove anything. And uh, I like this structured way of thinking. And this is always where I have to catch myself and say, okay, you don't have to be, you don't have to show on stage uh, proof, proof things. Yeah, it is not, not possible. So that's the point where we go away. But before this researching and um, how to, to, to find um, things or they are really creative in inventing things. So, so to find, um, so we have one topic and they find many side topics. Mm -hmm. This is super fascinating for me, how they, yeah, it's super creative. And this mm. is what we share somehow, but in a really different way. So, to, so that uh, the things that pop up are so different, but this creative thinking way is the same. And it which is, disciplines are, are there in the group? I am. Um, this is um, we have the, the human robot interaction. So this is HRI, human robot interaction, which are the, the like the programmers in a way. I, uh, who, who program the robot or, or control the robot. So they come from computer science or yes. not necessarily? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's so they are engineers. Yeah, yeah. engineers. Um, and then we have theory, so the theoretical part, um, and philosophy, where we also talk a lot of about these um, ethic ethical things. So um, 
what does it mean, the machine and the human? Um, what do we want to tell also or transport to the public um, about? Yeah. So there are so many things like gender, or also like emotions or this um, whole um, anthropomorphism so that we um, uh, want to see humans in robots and we, we give them the feelings etc so we mm. are very much reflecting on that so what what we want to transport there or what what is the shape of the robot for example mm. because it looks like a, a child or it's a very bad shape so that we mm. really keep in mind what we are doing yeah to get not lost in our mm. own view um and yeah that's it mainly uh and music so musicians are always coming in. So that's the other art side. Okay. Um, yeah. And from, from technical side, there are some specific more, they are all a little bit divided, but I don't know exactly what, what they are, but they are from computer science or artificial intelligence or okay. yeah, from that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so you, you, so you mentioned that you, you've kind of from before the project, you had some attraction to technology and and design and like so could you elaborate a little bit more like what is what is pulling you into this world I'm, I'm asking it because you know i think like that again it's something that i would say that it's a little bit atypical for somebody who has been who's working in the dance field to to be attracted to something that is so far from the human let's say you know and like that um, that doesn't that, that to some degree is even antibody and most dancers, we are so fascinated with the with the body, with with kind of more biological structure. So I'm curious to kind of take a glimpse into your mind. What is there for you that is pulling you into that these topics? I think it's movement. So it's it's the moving. As soon as uh, technology starts to move, uh, I'm in this um, moving watching. So I want mm. to watch movements and. They are moving different to to humans. So I, I analyzed a lot um, the movement of, of humans. So I know this very well. It's very familiar to me, and and also when I watch it, it's it's okay. And then there are some different movements when machines move. So, and I I think I'm I'm just fascinated by by that kind of speed or or. Um, changing of directions or um, um, also the smoothness. Mm. It's, it's very unhuman in a way, but I can analyze it with my brain, dancer's brain. I can analyze it, but I cannot really do it or feel it because when I, when I watch a dancer, a human dancer, I, I really can move. Also, if I just watch, I can feel it very clearly what this uh, dancer is doing and I can translate it to my body even if I don't move. Hmm. But with this, it was always like uh, new impressions. And I thought, okay, and I know I can not do some moves that those machines do. And I think it's really the movement what hmm. is attracting Interesting. me. Interesting. And uh, and and so the, the movement is, is pulling you in and like, do you, is as a from a point of view of of a, of a dance artist choreographer is it something that you're also interested in analyzing for the sake of finding new inspiration for you as a mover or 
is is this kind of what is uh the direction mm-hmm. that you're going with it yeah um this was uh or is still a a, a quality that i'm very much searching uh, with the the robot that i'm working with so i could say now after three years that i've developed like a a f- uh, um a way of moving that is like <clears throat> um it's so hard for me to explain because it's like this this, this machine is empty yeah this mm. is just plastic and some metal um and when i move with this machine it feels like empty it's a cool movement but it's empty mm. and i tried to to embody this mm. this empty or dead i don't want to call it dead this is somehow because it's also human yeah mm. so it's it's like empty for me and i wanted to incorporate that so to embody that and this is what i always do when i'm working with the robot i really try to uh let myself influence a lot by this emptiness somehow mm. and this is what i got after three years i i can feel it very clearly in my body and this is new to me because i cannot have it from a human or somebody else and this is like a new quality or new uh, way of moving or experience moving movement and that's mm. wow <laughs> yeah, the, the, this i must say like uh, uh i want to understand more more what 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 is and maybe you said that it's a bit uh, difficult but i would be curious to see if we can open it up a little bit more so I agree dead would indicate that it was alive because now it's dead so it cannot be dead but when you say empty like may, could you try to to find maybe other words for me to connect to it it's okay if not I'm just curious mm-hmm. no that's good because I, I'm also curious because I cannot uh, talk too too much about that with anybody so it's it's very interesting for me to to really f- reflect also on that um I would say when I when I try to to focus on that if I imagine now this this um way of 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 moving you know it's it's somehow a mixture about um not uh about moving and being moved so this um mixture mm. of this uh like being moved being controlled somehow and i feel like my skin is empty so that there are no bones and no blood and no flesh and etc inside of it it's like being also empty mm. and i can control it by myself but at the same time it feels like a little bit like controlled in a way And it's not that the structure is also not like if you do contact with someone, it's really like flesh on flesh or skin or skin or whatever. Mm. And this is very like technical. Yeah. Like, like, uh, plastic it's, it's empty. It's just a shell, which is moving, but controlled at the same time like that. Maybe I mm. would explain it. Yeah, it, it now that you, I hear this uh, elaboration, it it connects me to something that I read in your, I think, in your website. Uh, maybe I will I will read also this quote for the audience. 
Um, the fragile connection with a lifeless piece of matter becomes an uncanny experience. It is performing with the non-human in us humans. And it seems to me like kind of it, that this is kind of the direction that it, it opens up. So, so what is it for you, this non-human in us that is being amplified or that you can suddenly see a clearer reflection through the interaction with a machine? Yeah, this is like a, a development of this um, process uh, when I started to work with the robot. And this is the, the problem or the interesting thing at the same time with humanoids, because they are built uh, to give us the impression that they are like human. And we immediately, we cannot... Uh, uh, we cannot change that really because our brains are, are functioning like that. We Sorry to interrupt, but could you explain to everybody, because I've seen the robot, but could you explain to the yeah. audience what is a humanoid robot? Because I, I've seen it, but I guess if I wouldn't have seen it, I wouldn't know what it, what it is. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, maybe some of, of, of the, the listeners know it's the model Pepper. So it's pretty well known already. So it's uh, like one meter 20 tall um, white uh, robot, which has kind of a shape of a child, I would say. Um, and a really big uh, head with big eyes. So a very uh, friendly one, I would say, and has two arms. So a head, a moving head, a move, two arms, no legs. It's just one piece uh, instead of legs with rolls. So it moves on rolls, yeah, um, and also can move its upper body. And, and uh, yeah, so it, it reacts, it can react on you. And also as cameras in the eyes can see you somehow. Um, so, um, and it's built... Uh, like a human but not too human this is sometimes what what is um also uh done because the more human it is the un more uncanny it is this was found out that we get scared at a certain point so this is maybe the reason why it's smaller it looks like a child so that we accept it because otherwise we would we humans get too scared of humanoid robots when they are too human so they are built sometimes like Mm. Not too human. But um, this always triggers in our minds, oh, it looks at me. Wow. Wow. Look, it raises its hands. It, 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 we, we immediately, it, it doesn't matter where we went with this robot, everybody reacts like that. So wants to uh, say hello and how are you and do you see me <laughs> immediately? Yeah. <laughs> and wants to interact so this is so human and this is so nice to observe and if the robot then reacts it's like wow we are super happy and i i knew i have to go beyond that because it triggers this all the time when i see the robot i'm like yeah mm. <laughs> and then uh i have to really okay it's the machine it's my partner we know each other we have no relationship. We have no emotions for each other. It's just in my brain. And mm. um, this, this what I, is what I wanted to go beyond. And this is what I, I always say um, when, I, when I talk about this unhuman part in, my, my, in myself, this is what I have to activate then because otherwise I would always just kiss this robot and okay. hug it. <laughs> 
okay, I, I start to understand what you mean. So like, so to some degree, and maybe this is kind of a whole new part in the culture that is opening to ask ourselves like what kind of uh, relationships we are building with lifeless machine. And that's the unhuman that you are trying to refer, like what other ways we can react to something that reminds us human, but is definitely not a human. No? Yeah. So what are you, what are you discovering? How do you mm -hmm. shut or uh, do you shut it down or do you come to a different state of mind or what is happening for you? Um, at the beginning, I really have to shut it down. So I have to push myself a little bit uh, to, to not fall into these reactions. Um, but um, then I get, this is uh, um, what I've developed, this, this um, um, sense of moving and um, being in contact with the machine. This is another state of mind, I guess, because I, sometimes I just improvise with the robot for like half an hour or what, and then I'm completely in a different, uh, uh, yeah, it's like improvisation. Um, and this is, I'm always wondering myself if this is like, if it's somehow the same state, if I'm doing this with a human um, or if it's different. I'm This I'm not sure because this is then this improvisation mode. Hmm. Um, and then I, I, I really take the reactions also of the robot for sure. But I, I'm still aware that this is not a human and this is controlled by someone and this is not my partner as a human i don't want to see this machine as a human so hmm. yeah it's interesting because you know when you share this kind of uh, a scenario of somebody encountering the robot and then they are happy to interact and it's all happily and giggly <laughs> in my mind i had immediately some dystopian <laughs> dystopian picture of like okay somebody is more like controlling the robot and playing with you so you're the object rather than that you are the <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 because that's that's the that's the kind of hit i mean uh, until we come to a point that the robot has its own independent consciousness we are not really interacting with with anything that is in front of us no yeah, yeah. but so but but there is this like when i when i was there you said when i was uh coming to the studio to meet you guys and and be part of that for for one session you said that the AI layer was not there yet, no? No. So, so could you first like, briefly uh, explain like what what is the what is the I mean okay AI and artificial intelligence, but what does it mean in the context of this robot and what? So to which degree the robot is intelligent and to which degree it's it's independent? Mm -hmm. Um. So the robot in general is not. Uh, artificial intelligent or anything it's really it's like a like a mobile phone it's a shell and it's programmed so also there is one mode that the robot has that you can activate which is called uh, autonomous life and in this mode the robot reacts on um, noise or on light so if somebody talks the robot turns to this per person so it's really like uh, reacting somehow but this program is also programmed. Yeah, at, at least from it's it's all our desires, human desires are programmed in this machine. 
Yes, like you said before, it's always this reflecting with ourselves, at least, because this machine was built by humans. And all these things we want this robot to do are imagined by humans. So this is always our self-reflection, these machines. Um, and uh, I was always uh, interested in Sure, for fir first, uh, how we can learn the robot to move like me or the other way around. So this was a long programming phase and thinking about how, who controls whom and yeah, all those things. Who, um, and Daria, our, one of the programmers, she, uh, built an imitation system, which you were also working with, um, where through a, a camera, outside camera, the, the robot can really imitate your own movements. So this is already pretty far, but it's like mirroring. Yeah, it's the same. It's like mirroring movement. And I, I, we, we always develop those very concrete things. So, um, but then I, I start playing with it and want to uh, go to the borders of this system. So find out the borders of this uh, thing. And then, um, I managed it for a few times that I could confuse the system that far that nobody knows anymore what the robot will do next. And this is what we are working with, for example, in performances. And this is what I call at the moment improvisation with the robot, that I confuse the system that far that it gets out of control. So we don't know what will happen. And this is what I was always interested in. But this is still a program that is running and I confuse it. So this is how I deal at the moment. And the next step that we are in now or what we are starting now is really to uh, program uh, AI, uh, artificial intelligence, um, for improvisation so that we can improvise with a machine. And at the moment, it should be embodied by this robot, but it can be embodied by different machines or a screen or a stickman on screen, whatever. Um, so it's really about uh, developing an improvisation tool for dancers uh, by a machine. So, um, Yeah, this is like, for me, sometimes like a life project, I think, because uh, I realized then when we were researching, we, we uh, researched a lot on this last year, I found out what it really means to improvise. I was not, because for me, it's so normal somehow. And I know theoretically about things about uh, improvisation. Yes, sure. But what is it then if you have a, a white piece of paper And you should write on what is improvisation all about. What are all the impressions that come to your mind, to your body when you improvise with somebody? Because we have to learn this again, this at artificial intelligence. We have to learn it at the beginning. We have to learn it to this system. Ah, you mean that you, you, we, that you have to teach the principles in order that the machine could then do it. So that was yes. okay. And getting intelligent, hopefully, and, and doing its own stuff. But at so the beginning, uh, we have to teach it. Yeah. And what does it mean? Because uh, maybe I'm, a, you know, I'm um, ignorant to the subject. So maybe it's a very basic question, but still I want to ask it. What, what does, what does it, uh, intelligence mean in, means in the context of a machine? An ability to start learning by yourself with that the, that the programming enable you to develop the learning further than 
what the program is is designed for or like what to which degree does the intelligent manifest itself yeah this is all <laughs> this is always a, this is an interesting question because this is what I discuss a lot with uh, also the the people from artificial intelligence what what does it mean then so my wish or my fantasy I would say at the moment it's still a fantasy is that um it could um it could it 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 could read movements it could read my movements and react on me but not just a variation out of my movements but also deciding on its own impressions whatever that mm. means yeah okay so, yeah, it, so like like another human at, at at the end yeah yeah it really it really opened it's it's you know i think when i hear you i can understand maybe more why is it important to some degree to have artistic inputs on a process that involves mainly maybe you know something that is so big on a technological level because it really it can really alter fundamentally everything No, it's like it's when I think again, I have maybe specifically like this kind of dark mind that goes into, oh my God, this worst scenario could happen because of that. It's hard for me to you know to focus on the oh my God, this robot could help rescue people in the fire. No, I'm like, oh my God, we will have an army of robots stopping people in the street. you know that's what <laughs> that's what I always imagine, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. How do you interact with this in the project? Because you said like, yeah, we talk about ethics. We have a philosopher. Like, could you share a little bit like what, what is going on in the discussions or what is your position about it? Like? This is what, what we really, we want to be dystopic. We, we want to be somehow utopic, but um, realistic at the same time. So we always want to show what machines are really, what machines really can do right now. So we never do a show. So what, what is the theater or, or pieces that we can see uh, uh, right now also is um, that there's always shown a show. It's, it's a show. Yeah, like robots can do anything already or computer games or, or movies or whatever. They, so people really believe that robots can do anything. Yeah, like you said, and then it's maybe most of the time it's dystopic. Yeah, and we want to really show also those things things um, where we can live with, with each other so where we can get output of the other thing yeah so to integrate it yeah in a in a in a good way somehow good way yeah and we are aware of this um, scare people are scared people are also scared uh, uh, of our robot yeah so half of the audience mostly most of the time says well no i don't want to touch it i want to get closer even though it's a nice one yeah and it cannot hurt anyone yeah um so um we really this is also why we for example do not uh really stage pieces because um uh we always show that there is someone who controls the robot because we do not get the uh, bring the illusion to people that this robot is autonomous it's not mm. true 
this is a lie yeah at the moment and people but people think they also think that alexa or siri or how they are all called that there is someone inside or right? <laughs> there's, there's a person people believe that yeah because it's so it's functioning that well yeah and yeah. that's really bad i would say so it's yeah it's not good to tell people that story and and why and, uh, you you mean because it's a lie or because like it's not good because of Because of the false impression that it creates you mean I or because or, or because like uh or because to because the actual belief is uh problematic like to to imagine that there could be a life that is not human you understand my question or I'm not clear yeah yeah um I think the the hmm. I think the lie is my problem because people um for for example with this um Alexa and Siri with those uh intelligences it's really like people take it into their bedroom and don't think about it yeah or or it it's part of the the in your living room when you eat with your family and then there is a lack alexa on the side and tracks everything and people do not know that or do not want to know it because it's so nice and it's so funny and mm. this is a lie somehow so people are uh, are um uh, want to have this nice gimmick yeah and play around with it but they forget what is behind or they do not know So that mm. the, the also it is like somehow hidden in a sense, and this is what I really don't like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean it it opens up the the whole notion of pri- privacy yeah. who like you know what we said, like what is behind the speaker, you know, like yeah, it's really asymmetric, I think that's the biggest problem with it, you know, like I was it's so asymmetric the amount of power and and that those tech giant has. With these technologies that are introduced to us and yeah and to to which degree we can actually control our behavior in front of those technologies yeah oh, but uh, this this pepper model this robot is it is, is there any like w- what does it uh, has to do with the world now so I met it in the in your research but what is the application of this robot n- now is it being used practically in some spaces around the world? And for what <laughs> the idea with pepper was that it is uh the first uh robot that can live uh together with you in your flat at home um and is kind of cheap uh it means it it was twenty thousand euros uh if you buy it you cheap. could buy it <laughs> yeah cheap yeah for a robot is <laughs> uh but for a robot yes very cheap yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and you can have it at home like a big mobile phone that can do many things and, and it's like a, a friend who lives with you this was the idea but um, we heard now I think it was one month or something ago uh, that they stopped the production of pepper so pepper is old and pepper won't be reproduced anymore they produced I guess 20,000 pieces worldwide or, or they just sold 20,000 pieces or something and this is far away from that what they were hoping That will happen so there are people especially in Japan or um, who live with pepper who have it really at home as a, a, a guest <laughs> let's say um, 
But now we, we really also have the problem that we don't get any more peppers. So we uh, it's already old now. So we mm. have to think about new. But it's also, you can see in that, that it doesn't work. People do not accept it. So mm. it, somehow, yeah, we have a strange relationship to those humanoids. But and, what do people do with it at home? Like, okay, I, I was, the, I mean, you have the, your particular interest, but what is, the, what, what would the average person, um, what I'm trying to ask is like, what are the benefits that the average person can enjoy with having a humanoid robot in their life? You know, like for, for me, maybe because I'm, I'm such a attracted to the biology, it sounds even strange. Why would I want a piece of plastic around me talking or moving? But what do people get out of it? Do you have any clue or like... Now, Peppa is a social robot. It's a so-called social humanoid robot. And um, it uh, can read your face, your expressions and your emotions. So if you come home and Peppa sees you are somehow angry or tired or whatever, it can turn on the TV for you. So it depends okay. on how you use it. Yeah. And okay. this is like for, for people who are maybe alone or something. It's like a, like a mate or like a, like a friend. Okay. And it was also used. What is very nice, also here in Vienna, in a in a, um, a geriatric station, so for yeah. for older people, um, and also for people with a demence. What is it in English? Demence. Dementia. Dementia. Uh, yeah. Um, and they got they accept, accepted uh, Pepper very well because they could recognize who they are and said, "Okay, so you are this and this person, and your room number is this and this. I guide you there." And they went with them when they were lost, for example. And okay. this worked very well, and the acceptance was really high. So people is, uh, uh, Pepper is a very, uh, very social robot and is also accepted. And I think this would be great. But yeah, it's special interest somehow. Yeah. So if yeah. you live with it, it's I I cannot imagine as well. <laughs> yeah. No, it's super interesting because I remember that when I was uh, I was uh, with you guys in the studio, and and. Okay, so we did in the initial phase, we, it was more like a technical exploration of the, the, let's say, the environment. And, I, and as a dancer, I had to kind of see the technology and interact. But then at a later phase, you allowed me to improvise. And, and I remember that the first thing that I was also trying to do is like to do a handstand and to confuse the system. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and I remember that, of course, I had so much emotional reactions, you know, like... Uh, and and I remember that there was a, uh, even a moment that I kind of started to sense a certain, what is this weird intimacy that I'm developing here with this thing? And, or, or I even remember I felt sad for the robot because it got stuck somehow with a certain movement because I, because I confused the system and it got stuck and it couldn't come out of it. And suddenly I felt like, oh, shame for him or he or whatever, or her, <laughs> <laughs> they, whatever is this thing, it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and 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 yeah, and, I, and it it made me uh, question like, is, is there is there a possibility like is there a possibility to really ex experience intimacy with robots? Is it real? Is intimacy something that is only in our brain, or intimacy has to also correspond with a certain empirical manifestation? You know, I believe yes, but I don't know. What do you think about it? If you found so far the conversation meaningful, please consider to share the episode with others and click the like button. This small action might seem meaningless, 
but they are the fuel that helps the podcast project to keep moving forward. Your attention and time is highly valued, and we would love to hear more about the insights you might have from listening to this episode. And please consider to subscribe to the channel to be notified for all future uploads. I feel this... Uh, um, I did, did uh, explore a little bit of hugging the, 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 the robot. What is it how if, uh, if we hug each other and stay in this hugging and how is it to feel the skin or face to face? And I experienced a little bit with that, but, and I can feel this in intimacy, but I guess that it is because there are, there is the team around. So I feel more the group intimacy, I would say, mm. because if I imagine I do that at home alone with this robot, just me and this robot, <laughs> <laughs> I won't feel that in, in this way. And I think it's more because I know that people are around or, or I don't know, mm. this has been spread out somehow. Yeah. But I think it's the whole, also the whole uh, thing with all the sex robots that are created. And I'm, I think it doesn't work. I think maybe for a short time it doesn't work. It 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 would work. I I can imagine that you get touched by this, yeah, but not satisfying for a longer time. So mm. yeah, I mean it's it really boils up to really you know it boils so it boils down into the into the big question of human nature and you know what does it mean to be a human because I don't know when I think about. Uh, I don't know what you kind of describe some some old person who gets certain social robot or some person who buys a robot that they can interact with and then they come home sad and then the robot turns on the TV and they kind of give the robot a hug and and there is a uh, and and I so I think like you know these ideas can really push the boundaries of of how much your subjective experience is real that's how i i interpreted it like because for me intimacy would always involve uh a situation where i'm interacting with another living being so that so that i'm in, so that it's a shared experience i can develop intimacy with myself which would be different and then it's like If we, if we start accepting or for ourselves even that yeah that I can experience intimacy with something that doesn't share it with me or that its way of sharing is already predetermined by the way it was programmed yeah it sounds for me like we are really pushing that okay that you know that's the matrix no it's like okay it doesn't matter what is real you just plug your brain with some you know something that produce the right endorphins and hormones and then that's real no I mean mm-hmm That's how it feels for me, you know? Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I, th- I somehow feel the same. So I think it's, it, it, it will uh, come to an end at one point. Um, the more human a machine is, the longer it could work, I would say. This, this uh, exchange, fake ex- exchange, let's say. Mm. But I think this runs, to, uh, it runs off at one point doesn't work mm. anymore yeah and this could be i think this could be very frustrating and very uh lonely at the end mm. 
<laughs> I, I can only imagine but did you find yourself because I know it happens sometimes when we go into improvisation and, and also I, I read that you've been doing long session with the robot uh, by the way you always refer it to as it no mm-hmm. yeah I always te- we, we, we try to do it in the group really to call it it not he she they whatever okay it's it yeah. <laughs> the machine <laughs> So uh, you know when we go into our improvisations as dancers I think one of one thing that uh I I can kind of recall from experiences is this kind of uh, losing the sense of time and and you know like softening boundaries between concept and between different peoples and between you and the space and between you and other things and and I wonder if through the, like if you could share or maybe if there like some of your experiences while actually interacting with it Did you find yourself also getting kind of lost and like really kind of starting to a bit blur these clear boundaries between you and the machine and like how did did it caught you in surprise or like what what is happening when you're spending a lot of time there that now when we cognitively speak about it it's clear your position but did you get lost in the improvisation did you need to detox from being too much next to the robot because you've been doing it for many years already so I'm just curious how does it affect the individual to spend so much time around that mm. I um, I get very lost with the robot if I if I can be very free uh, play around very free with it then I, I I get very lost but I feel very exhausted afterwards uh, because there's so much concentration in a way um, I don't need this with a human uh, when when I improvise then I'm not I'm not exhausted maybe because I'm tired yeah but this is an exhaustion um, because I know that until a certain degree I have to control at the same time the robot because otherwise it doesn't work so this is another part of my brain that is always activated and this is super exhausting so after 20 or 30 minutes I'm done. I cannot mm. I cannot go on then I really have to do a break and and this is not what I know with with humans so um, I don't have the feeling that I have to detox in a way because I'm I think this robot it's not more than a, a computer or a laptop I would say uh, from what I get on yeah because it's it's yeah it's I think it's not exhaling something. <laughs> Mm. um so but i have to to i need more recovery time definitely Mm. yeah and Uh. and and one thing that that uh uh, okay you say maybe what i meant detoxing not in the sense of like that my body has to take any toxin but like mentally is it is it uh is it creating a certain kind of uh substantial confusion or I don't know because for me it's just just this short amount of time that I spend I could imagine that like on a certain emotional level starting to develop a relationship with something that is not alive could be confusing and it's not so easy to control ourselves no like as you say like the default is like I come and like ah there's sweet robot I want to hug it but then I have to remind myself okay it's it there's nothing there but when you allow yourself to go into the improvisation, I guess it's hard to com- constantly be on, on guard controlling that part of you. And, and I wonder how much you do allow yourself to go into fantasies with this machine. Hmm. 
That's super interesting. Because I, I, I never dreamed of this robot, what is also interesting, because normally I dream of people that I'm in, in contact with. And I never dreamed of this robot. I, I find out right now. <laughs> I never dreamed of this robot. Um, and I think because I'm doing such a, I'm having like, or I'm focusing on so much no relationship to this thing. I don't get these uh, fantasies or these mm. uh, imaginations. I guess it's because of that, because I'm so much focused on this no relationship. Mm. Um, and what I really love, what is very unhuman, this is also very unhuman part in myself, is that when we go to another country, we search there for a robot because we don't want to transport it because it's expensive and complicated, etc. Mm. So I just have another one. And I think, cool. And this is so unhuman because if mm. I do a project with another with humans, I cannot say I go to Berlin now and I, I take another one. <laughs> no, <laughs> another model, another human model. Another <laughs> yeah, no, doesn't matter. And we just take this one, and the programmer starts it, and it's the same. And it's, and it's same. really like wow. And this is so, you know, this is something that I I, I experience as cool. I really mm. like this, but it's so unhuman. <laughs> But you know, it's interesting because I feel like to some degree, um, if I compare it to my short experience, which was really confusing and I came out like, what is the hell is this? Like, how did I let myself have all these emotion towards a lifeless piece of plastic? Um, which I think, you know, that's kind of what you also opened up with this uh, thing describing the Alexa in the living table and people interact with it as if it's part of the family or whatever. Um, but it, it seems like that you, you've, you're developing a necessary skill, necessary emotional skill that is maybe so unintuitive initially, no? But it sounds like super healthy because I could imagine like that it, like from my short experience, I could imagine like, oh my God, I would have such a confusing life here if I would have to spend so much time with this thing. But it's, uh, so can you elaborate a little bit how did you what helped you to get there is it just like the conscious decision of the group or do you do internal work with yourself or like like mm, i think a lot it was at the beginning we talked a lot when we started this project and and it was always clear that our position is this is an an it it so it's it's not a, a human uh uh, uh he, she, they, whatever. Um, it's 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 an it. So we, we we decided this very early in this project, and I think this helped me to uh, to 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 to, not, to, to de develop this from the beginning on. I guess I think this was a, a big thing for me, and also this uh, we talked a lot about, or still talking a lot a lot about this anthropomorphism. This. Uh, Giving the 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 the, the 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 robot somehow human skills that we don't want to transport that we don't want to push that it's not we that it's like like rule, not rules or it's like our ethics how we how we deal with the robot and I think this helped me from the beginning on to find a way not to to go too deep and ha. Huh, this is also um, why I, I was so interested in, in participate, 
participating in this uh, project because when I watched other pieces before where uh, humans and, and machines are on stage, it was too many times about this, oh, I love you so much, this robot, and we are uh, like a relation, blah. Yeah, And I mm. saw that and I thought, it doesn't touch me at all as audience because it's not true. And it's what is the story? So what do you want to tell mm. me? This is not in a contemporary way of thinking uh, for me, what I saw on stage before, and I wanted to do it very differently. Mm. Um, and then I thought, okay, I have to go another way. And it's not this uh, telling stories with a robot and a human. Mm. So, and, and what, and what is the, and from the artistic point of view, what is your quest or what is your if it's not about you know the if the dramaturgy is not about telling a story what are you interested in because i've watched a little bit you know because you've sent me the the material and i will also share it in the in the show notes that people who are interested can also watch the stage work um what 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 is it what is it for you um for me it's uh, like being as unconcrete as possible with the robot in a sense of gestures. So being not, um, uh, not, not doing uh, uh, human gestures, like the hugging. We did it once in a piece, but on a very specific place. I would never ever do that. Otherwise, it's more for me to, to build a, um, a situation where people are invited to reflect on their uh, feelings about this machine thing and there is mm. a, a woman and a machine so that they have enough time to get used to this setting and then have time to reflect okay what what can i see now in that i i experienced that we need to work pretty slowly that people have enough time because for many people in the audience it's the first time that they see a robot life yeah, many people until now haven't seen a robot live ever in their life. So they are confronted then with a robot <laughs> and they need time to breathe. Okay. And there is a robot that moves. What is it doing? Is it, do I have to be scared? Okay. No, she's moving with it. So it's very unconcrete and abstract what we are doing so that people can uh, project their own things in it. Mm. And this is what, what is highest level for me, artistic wise to be very abstract and and um inconcrete in 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 kind of being human with together mm. yeah it's uh i feel it sounds for me a little bit more what is necessary i would say like if i would think about it from like the culture point of view and how it can affect us because yeah just again as you said like just showing that okay i i have a love love story or a sad story or a happy story of a robot it's not as you say it's 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 to some extent it's just to amplify a certain lie fundamental lie which is not real mm -hmm. um but uh, yeah i just uh, what for me is the most difficult because i i could imagine that your project is not something that is happening all over our culture and that those technologies are developing in a, in a pace that is much faster than our ability to understand their impact. Like always, no? And, and yeah, maybe every generation has this, the fear that like, oh my God, we have, have the, this, the most complex problems. But, but I think that, you know, life do become more complex as we, as we go. And the questions that are opening with this, it's like enormous. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I just can't, yeah. It's for, this it's is what, for, yeah. 
Sorry. Go, go, go ahead. Now, this is what we really want to show. And this is why I think that art is so important in this topic, that we give the possibility to many people to get in touch by these topics uh, in a different way, in a different setting, so that we are not so overwhelmed by it. And I'm really wondering why there is so little uh, theater in general about this. So we can see sometimes like these love stories somehow with machines on, on stage, but this critical uh, way of thinking in this uh, huge thing about AI, etc., is so little. And I'm really fascinated why art doesn't catch it or what is the problem? Why, why art is so slow with that? Because we are really far behind. Uh, like you said, it's, it's like it's, it's exploding. Yeah, these technologies are exploding. And uh, where is art? Yeah, where, where is art mm. to discuss it? Yeah, I mean, I, one thing that I could imagine as the reason for the problem, and yeah, I mean, it's just a, an intuition, is that, um, I mean, yeah, the, the, this whole phase of exponential technologies is relatively new now in human history. And, and I have the feeling that at least in the dance field, I mean, the majority of the people that I know are not very technologically oriented individuals. So me, I'm coming from computer, you know, I, I didn't study computer science, but I was working in, a tech in, in the tech industry before I, I transformed my life into a dancer. And I'm also working as a web designer. I'm coding. For me, it's not so far away to, to I, can, I, I have some hooks in my mind that I can click and be interested. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> But I, 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 for me, our, our, at least in Vienna, our artistic scene is just trapped with identity politics. So it's just so hooked about that. It's like er anything that doesn't deal with that is irrelevant. But to some degree, I think that like what you're dealing with will definitely have, a, will, whether we like it or not, it will have in the next 30 years a huge impact on our lives when we are just rushing like maniac to develop those. Uh, artificial spaces, whether it's going to be virtual reality or artificial form of living, interacting machines. So I think it's going to be much more substantial. But uh, yeah, I guess it's a combination between the individuals who are just less technically oriented. Because yeah, I, I, I for example, I, even just the 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 shift from physical to online took the dance world is still not handling it in any way. You know, like. It's like most of the time, like, uh, I remember that when this pandemic started and I was teaching online, then I, I invited a friend who, no, a friend wanted to ju jump in just to see what I'm doing. And he's not a dancer. He's coming from different fields. And then at the end of the experience, he told me, look, it was really nice, but I could hardly hear you properly. And the camera quality was shitty. And I didn't even think about it when I was broadcasting, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and, and. And to some degree, I'm a person that the moment he told it to me, you know, I was like researching, okay, how to connect my DSLR to a webcam and getting the, okay, I realized that I have an audio interface and like, you know, all the geeky side of me got inspired to improve the, but so many people are still like broadcasting from their webcam with horrible microphone. And it's just a basic thing. It's like, so, and, and not to talk about the fact that most of the theaters have zero tools to translate art to the online world. So it's like, 
yeah, we are lagging behind. We are just not on the forefront of the technological no. innovation. So maybe that's one reason. Yeah, that's that's for sure. There are theaters where is no internet, so <laughs> we had that experience because we need the internet for the for controlling the robot, and uh, we had to bring our own. So it's uh, it was big theater. <laughs> Mm. I think nowadays it's different, but uh, it was two years ago. So, um, and I think it's also what what I also think at that place, especially with dance, is that um, technology is uh, expensive, and there is so little money in 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 fundings mm. for 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 dance. So it's very hard to to also buy technology or get uh, in touch with technology you need corporations but this would be possible but people are not so interested in it but i'm also very wondering about theater like other other things around uh, dance it's in other countries a little bit more but in austria it's really far behind so a lot to do <laughs> but yeah let's see maybe it's also not the most important topic for theater i'm asking myself those questions yeah Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like one thing that I experienced and I don't know if you can identify, but part of the process of getting funding is the, is kind of self-convincing yourself that what you're doing is very important. So you hardly meet an artist that says like, look, I'm busy with this. It's really unimportant, but for me, it's interesting. No, it's always like, I'm doing the most important thing that we have to do. <laughs> so, so, but I'm a little bit more like convinced about the importance of your project. That's why I also wanted to host you here but uh Good, yeah. yeah it's uh, it's um yeah it's it's you know it also opens the question of like would would what we do as artists like to which degree we can have a significant impact with art to to reflect on these processes because most of it i don't know if people who are fully into developing those technologies are in, you know, I can just imagine, and maybe you could identify that when you're in a creative process, you're so engaged with the actual creativity that sometimes you don't really fully take the time to reflect exactly on what you're doing because you're so emerging in the creative process. And if if your creative process is developing technology, maybe you're not so much interested in reflecting on technologies that are being developed, but you're more interested in the creativity aspect. And then, mm -hmm. and then, and then you just created a beast, and now we have to deal with it somehow. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and yeah, who knows where 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 it's gonna go? Um, yeah. So, uh, so where are you guys going with the project? Because you said like you got now funding from the the Emma Emma Zieben for a year. Which which is this gonna be for you uh, a means to develop and uh, to further the research specifically with the group or is are you interested to use it more for an individual research or like how yeah it's more for my individual research it's really about the, the complex of artificial bodies in general mm. and i'm not sure where i will go so i bought a own robot a small one a sleeping okay. robot it's next to me it's a sleeping <laughs> robot <laughs> what does it what does it what does a sleeping robot means <laughs> it uh it learns it is intelligent and it learns how uh, your breathing is, and it's like I can show I can show it, but I also explain it. It's like a, yeah. a big bean. Wait. Yeah, it's a big bean. Okay, it's like a, the like the size of a baby, you know. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it looks like a big bean, and it just breathes. It it expands and and it it inhales and exhales. Okay, and it learns. It has a sensor, and it learns your breathing. 
and then it it adapts to your breathing and this is relaxing so you go to bed with this thing okay so it's for uh sleeping better and ah, i to improve really your have, sleeping okay okay yeah so improve yeah improve your sleeping it's really made for that and i saw that and i thought okay i have to buy that and and it's okay. very, and it's very experiment very with it um, so I have different things in mind uh, with artificial bodies, which can be very spread out, but it's connected to house, to the group for sure. Um, but there is another uh, thing that we uh, we got a funding also for this AI project. So we will develop really, we will work in this year, the, the AI. So develop this um, improvising AI. This is what we are doing concretely with house, but the other one is for my personal research yeah. okay cool no so so i guess i would have to keep following uh your work on so on the individual yeah. level to see what will come out with this uh sleeping robot <laughs> 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 no it's it's pretty you know like i i think like on one hand i have the impression that i'm a little bit connected to technology but then i realize how how i'm also disconnected just to imagine that somebody is 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 actually spending time to teach people to create a machine that will help people to sleep. I don't know. I feel like just teach people how to breathe. I don't know. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's so such a crazy world. It's really crazy. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. But I think this is also a positive thing. It, it's, yeah. it's weird. I, I don't want to take it to bed with me. I really, yeah. I'm a, a sofa and couch. Okay. But not to bed. <laughs> but yeah. if it helps people and I can imagine from my knowledge of, of, breathing and, and body etc i can really imagine that this helps so this is a very good combination i would say yeah no for sure i mean uh, that was kind of uh, my sarcastic being that is like uh, immediately criticizing it no for sure you know like technology i i, I don't want to sound as like an anti-technology it, it it definitely helps us many people in many situations for me as somebody again like who is really primarily coming from movement education, I feel that it's such an underrepresented topic in society that no wonder that we have this need to develop all those, you know, like virtual experiences to feel connected because we just don't have the ability to do it in our daily life. But yeah, yeah it's a whole new discussion. So yeah. uh, uh, I was wondering if you, want, if you want to share a little bit with the audience, like, you know, things that they might be able to see read interact with your projects if people are curious from this conversation where they could meet you or like what other, what things are planned for the futures that people maybe can also participate or so if if you want to give some take some time to share like what is happening in your world for people to join yeah so at the moment we we don't have uh, really like uh, productions that we we show to audience but they will come but we do not have fixed it now because we have to to develop um, and before and research before um but on the, uh, my website uh, which is ifamaria-kraft.at uh, there is always an update about my projects and also I have a newsletter. So if you, if somebody wants to get it, um, you can write to me. Um, I'm also on Facebook. So I'm, I'm posting sometimes or, or normally yes. if there are projects for the, uh, for audience or for or workshops or whatever, I post it there regularly. Um, and also the house, uh, blog. We have a, a blog of our group, the house. Um, blog is very um, detailed because it's also scientific so all the scientific publications are also on there so it's a very 
uh, complex block, uh, but it's very uh, a good. Um, yeah, it's really a block, an updated mm. block. Yeah, so there you can read a lot, and I'm I'm always happy with personal contact. So everybody can visit me anytime, mm. or we meet online or whatever. So I'm very interested in in talking on yeah and hearing what people think about this topic. So like you do, that's a any plans to do some uh, also some uh, dance classes about this topic, or you're gonna. <laughs> Is it is it crippling into your improvisation classes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I really love to. It's it's um it's always the thing. Should I uh, edit add the robot concretely? Then it's another story. Or do I will I do it abstract? So without the robot and and think about these things uh, or, or reflect with people about these things. And this is what I'm also planning uh, for the next year. But it's it's very unconcrete still. Mm. So. Yeah, best is to to check out my my sites, uh, websites or whatever regularly, or just get in touch with me. That's always the the best thing. Cool. Hey Eva, thank you. I feel like that uh, I would have to invite you again to see what came out with the sleeping robot. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, and hopefully, I can uh, see you live uh, yeah. somewhere presenting something. Thank you for coming. It was yeah. really nice to hear you. Yeah, um, thank you, Martin, for this uh, nice experience and also the invitation. I really appreciate this work you do and this podcast you do. I, I really like that. Very nice. Thank you. It's a big pleasure. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yeah, thanks. If you want to see more precious and insightful moments, make sure to check our short clips playlist. To see longer interviews, check out the full episode playlist just below it. And to be notified for all future videos, click the subscribe button and don't forget to hit the notification bell. See you on the next episode.